Well, good, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good? Wow, wow, wow. It's been a great morning so far, hasn't it? Well, want to, yes, yes it has. Well, want to welcome all of you here. It's so good to see each and every one of you. I want to give a special welcome to those watching online. I know Pastor Juan and Pastor Deidre told me that, that they'd be watching, so everybody say hi, Pastor Juan and Deidre. <laughs> we love you guys so much. Knowing Pastor Juan, he's probably watching this on the beach um, and, and soaking up the sun. So we love you guys so much and enjoy your vacation. Uh, but for those of you who don't know me, I mean, Pastor Juan did a pretty good job of, of introducing me. But my name is Chris Russo. Uh, I will be serving as the Connections Pastor here. Uh, so I'll be working with uh, all of our teams that help with our guest experience out in the parking lot, in the foyers, and all the way uh, into this room, into the worship center. I'll also be working with our, our community groups, helping people connect uh, in relationship with one another and, and encouraging one another to grow in their relationship with God. But, and I'll also be overseeing our whole assimilation process, and that's just the fancy word uh, for helping people get connected here um, at the church. And two things that I'm really passionate about. Uh, the first one I get to do this morning, but I'm really passionate about clarifying spiritual truth. Um, and making it easy to understand and easily digestible. Uh, but the second thing I'm passionate about, and this is what I'm uh, excited I get to do in my job, is not only do I want to help people connect uh, with this church, but I really want to help people engage in their relationship with God. So my wife and I uh, were very excited to be here. I want to let you know that, that this is a God thing. Um, we served with Pastor Juan and Deidre at New Life Church for 10 years. Uh, obviously, that, that season came to an end, but my wife and I didn't know what we wanted to do, uh, and we didn't know what God wanted us to do, but God made it very clear. I mean, both of us had multiple dreams, vivid dreams and specific dreams about him calling us here to serve and be a part of this great team and this great church here at Victory Christian Center. So I, I mentioned this two weeks ago when we got introduced that Amanda and I were not only partners in life, but we're partners in ministry. Uh, we serve as a team in a lot of ways, and my wife is amazing, so I just want to recognize her, babe. I know if you could stand. My wife is amazing. She really is. Many of you know her. She, she's a daughter of this house. Uh, many of you know her parents, Chuck and Kay Prentice, uh, longtime uh, faithful members, part of this family. Uh, love you, Mom and Dad. Uh, so we're just, we're really excited to be here. And I also mentioned two weeks ago that um, our, our last season, you know, came to a close after 10 years. But I want to let you know that, that we finished well, we finished strong. And it was actually a very um, encouraging and affirming experience for us. It really uh, affirmed us and, and encouraged us to run faster and run harder for Jesus. So, so we're ready to run with you here at Victory Christian Center. And speaking of running, uh, one of the things that I semi-enjoy doing uh, is running. I, I mostly do it so that I could lose a little bit of weight and still eat bad food. So I, I run a few times a week. I was doing two miles. I worked my way up to three miles, and I thought I was doing pretty good until I had a conversation with Emma. And Emma is such a significant member of our team here, but, and she's a more experienced runner than me. Uh, but she discouraged me, I mean encouraged me, that I should be doing at least four miles because there's kind of like this four-mile threshold uh, that you have to bust through because if you only do two or three miles, it always feels like there's cinder blocks on your legs and bricks in your lungs. So Emma, I think you helped explain it for me that 
Uh, when, when I start my run, I, I look like this picture up on the screen. So I got, I got my, my AirPods in, I got my ASICs on, I got my music playing, my chest is up, I got some bounce in my step, and I just feel like I'm an airplane and I take off. But by the time I get to the end of my run, I look more like this. <laughs> There's no bounce in my step, my chest is not up, I'm just laid out. But I think if I take Emma's advice and go the extra mile, for sure I'll be looking like this. <laughs> So thank you, Emma, so much for your encouragement in that. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I was a, an okay athlete in high school. I was more of a football guy. Uh, track and field was not my thing. Uh, but my brother, he was really good at football. But my big, big brother, Tony, uh, he, he was a, a track star, uh, kind of like Pastor Juan. Uh, I grew up right down the road in Lowville, and depending on which way you drive into Lowville, we got some more rockets in here. Come on. Somebody's clapping on that. <laughs> but I grew up right down the road in Lowville, and depending on which way you drive into Lowville, uh, you'll catch one of the signs that says, back-to-back state champions, 4x100 relay, Tony Russo, Mike Cruz, Pat Tofield, Bobby Coppola. And the first name on that list is my big brother, uh, Tony Russo, they were back-to-back state champions in the 4x100 relay. And let me tell you, for, for Lowville, at least at that time, really small village, a really small sc- school, but, but for Lowville, that was a, a big deal. And they could hang with the best of them. I mean, they were beating schools from, from Youngstown, Mooney, Ursuline. I mean, they, they, they were beating everybody in the area with such a small school. So small school, and for them to accomplish that, not just once, but two years in a row was a, was a huge deal. And I remember, I mean, Lowville, uh, they've built a new school. They've expanded a little bit. Uh, but when I was there, it was, it was the old high school. It was really small. And one of the things that was, was also small there was, was the trophy case. I remember you'd walk down this certain set of steps, either to get to the cafeteria or maybe to get to the art room, and you come down, and it was just this little, I mean, probably 20-foot wall was, was our trophy case. And most of the trophies that were in there were very, <laughs> they're very old. They were from a long time ago. I mean, my wife and I, we were at Poland High School. I mean, geez, they got, they got a whole room right outside their gym uh, for their trophy case. It's a lot bigger than Lowville's trophy case. And that got me thinking that as followers of Jesus, our, our hearts are like a trophy case. Our hearts are full of trophies, and those trophies represent personal victories with God. And I want to challenge you with a question that's been challenging me and ask you, what's the size of your trophy case, of the trophy case of your heart? I want you to ask yourself that honestly, not just this morning, but even throughout the rest of this week. How many... How many trophies, how many personal victories do I really have in the trophy case of my heart with God? And no matter what the answer is, maybe you don't have any trophies in the trophy case of your heart. Let me encourage you that this morning that no matter the size of your trophy case, that God could expand and enlarge the size of the trophy case of your heart. This is an amazing passage of scripture, and it's going to be up there on the screen. Psalm 119, 32. 
a man by the name of David. He says that I, I will run the course of your commandments. Why? For you shall enlarge my heart. It's such an amazing thought to me that God has the ability and the desire to enlarge our hearts. David is saying, I will run the course or the path, the way that you have set before me, because I've seen you come through time and time again, and you expanded, you, you enlarged the trophy case of my heart and put victory after victory after victory inside of my heart, and I'm using that as motivation to continue to run the course that you have for me. And I want to challenge you and challenge myself this morning that a life that is lived with God or to fit the theme that we're talking about this morning, a race that is run with Jesus. It is meant to have a heart that is full of trophies. Because a heart that is full of trophies represents a life that is filled with victories. And some of those victories are private. They're just between you and God. God wants to celebrate them with you and you alone and maybe a few other people. But some of those victories, God wants you to make public. It's as if he wants you to do a victory lap to celebrate those victories. Everybody say victory lap. Say it like you want something, victory lap. And that's the, mess, that's the title of my message this morning is victory lap. And there's certain victories, there's certain things that you overcome in your life that God wants you to make public and shout to the world to do a victory lap for him. And the thing that's so powerful about a victory lap is that it tells a story. It tells of the blood, sweat, and tears that were poured out when nobody else was around. It tells of the, those little milestones and those personal victories that were achieved in everyday training. It testifies of the greater motivation that the athlete found in representing their town, their school, or their country. And the main idea that I want to leave you with this morning, and the thing that I really want you to take away from this message, I want to propose to you that your testimony is a victory lap for Jesus. And your testimony is simply your story. And more specifically, it's when your story intersects with God's story. And I could tell you from personal experience, when your story intersects with God's story, there's going to be victories associated with that. So when you tell how your story intersects with his, when you tell of the victories that God has accomplished on your behalf, it's like you're doing a victory lap that is pointing to him, giving him the glory, giving him the honor, and giving him the praise that he's due. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 40, and this is... The, the passage of scripture that we're going to stay in throughout the course of this message. And I think it's so fitting and so appropriate for the message that I have for you. But we're going to start in verse 2, Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. It says, I was sliding down into the pit of death, and he pulled me out. He brought me up out of the mud and dirt. He set my feet on a rock. 
He gave me a firm place to stand. And because of this, many people will see what he has done and will worship him. They will put their trust in the Lord. These scriptures have special meaning to me personally because God literally pulled me up out of a pit. All of us have parts of our story that that we're not proud of, that we're ashamed of, that we would rather cover with a veil. And I don't know what that is for you, but but for me, it was a life riddled with, with drug addiction, addicted to heroin, addicted to crack. Part of that season, I was homeless, sleeping with my girlfriend at the time at uh, the jungle gym at Bort's Pool on the west side of Youngstown. Just a crazy, miserable way to live life. I was a wreck. I was a mess. My parents are sitting right here. They could probably give you a better idea than I can. But I want to share a page from my story that, that I have highlighted in my heart and, and I, I'm sure it's highlighted in heaven as well. And this page in my story was for me when my story first intersected with God's story. This is when my story started getting good. And I really want to paint the scene for you because obviously I ended up in a life of, of drug addiction, that crazy lifestyle. Obviously, my friends and I, we, we like to party. We like to have fun. So the, my friend's house, who we did that at most of the time, his name was Joe. So at Joe's house, we would, you know, do things that you shouldn't be doing. And on this particular day, I was by myself in, in Joe's basement. So I'm in his basement, and I'm in this, this little room that our friend Jesse, he, he built some walls, and he... He um, set up this room for us. I mean, tiny. I mean, probably like seven square feet. So I really want you to get this picture that I'm, I'm all alone in a basement, in a low place, in a dirty place. I have a blunt in my hand. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's just, that you get a cigar, you take the tobacco out, and you put marijuana in it. So I'm in a low place. I'm in a dirty place. I'm alone, I'm getting high, I'm smoking a blunt, and I'm listening to a CD, and the guy's name, he's a rapper, his name is DMX. And the name of the CD, of all things, is called It's Dark and Hell is Hot. So I'm in a low place, a dirty place, I'm alone, I'm getting high, and I'm listening to a CD called It's Dark and hell is hot. Perfect scenario for God to show up. <laughs> Just the kind of place that you think God would want to invade and show up in. Now obviously that CD was full of filth and garbage, so I am not promoting that CD to you. But, in the midst of all that garbage, in the midst of all that dirt, at the end of that CD, there's a, a spoken word poem that he's talking to God, and then that goes into a rap, and it's like him and God having a conversation with one another. It's called the convo. And I went back and looked at the words of that song, and everything started to make a little more sense to me when I did that. So I could, I could still hear the beat in my mind. 
And towards the end of the song, he, he goes into this flow where he's, he's talking to God. And he's, he's saying things like, it was you who was speaking to me inside my mind. It was you who's forgiven time after time. It's you who opened my eyes so I could see. It was you who shined your light on me. What was he doing? He was sharing his story. But more specifically than that, he was testifying about God. He was testifying about God. And as that beat and those words came through that speaker, especially those last words, it was you who opened my eyes so I could see. It was you, you shined your light on me. And as soon as those words hit, something shifted. And it was like, something blew into that room and I'm like, what in the world is this? It wasn't the emotion of the music. I felt that before. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, well, you were getting high, Chris. (laughs) It it wasn't that. I felt that many times before. It was much more than that. I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was what we sang about this morning. It was the spirit of the living God blowing into the room and doing only what he can do. Never experienced that, felt that in my life before. It was better than any high that I've experienced, better than any negative thing, better than any temporary sin that I engaged in. I had never felt anything that good before. And for the first time in my life, I felt true purpose. For the first time in my life, I felt truly alive in that moment. And I want to ask you this morning, if, if God can use a testimony to pull gold out of that situation, what can he do with your story? Because when we share our testimony, when we share our story, we're doing a victory lap that points to Jesus. For the first time in my life, faith was truly ignited in my heart because somebody took the time to testify about God. And in our last few moments together, the thing that I want to share with you, I want to share with you three things that a testimony will increase or add momentum to. And I just mentioned the first one, and that the first one is faith. A testimony will increase and add momentum to faith. Verse 10 of Psalm, chapter, Psalm 40. I haven't kept to myself that what you did for me was right. I have spoken about how faithful you were when you saved me. I haven't hidden your love and your truth from the whole community. One of the most powerful things about testimonies is that they ignite and increase faith. One of the greatest things that we can do as a church, to raise the temperature of faith and to cause the watermark of faith to rise is to recapture and recraft the art of sharing our stories, the art of testimony. 
See, I love how the psalmist says that I have spoken about how faithful you were when you saved me. Because genuine faith, it's grounded in faithfulness. I can be full of faith because he's faithful to come through and to deliver every time. And that faithfulness, it's validated when somebody else shares a story of that faithfulness in action. Pastor Mark Batterson says it like this, and I love it. When we share a testimony, we are loaning our faith to others. So as we share our testimonies, it's, it's a way for us to loan and to borrow faith from one another. <laughs> we need each other to do that. There's times when my faith isn't strong. But I get around people like my wife, and it fills <laughs> my faith tank up. See, there's a passage of Scripture that says this. It says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What in the world does that mean? I want to make it real easy for you. There's two parts to this sentence. The testimony of Jesus. So the testimony is what Jesus has done. Is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is what Jesus wants to do. Testimony, what Jesus has done. Prophecy, what Jesus wants to do. So when I share about what Jesus has done for me, that's also declaring he wants to do the same thing for those of you who need it. If he healed me, he can, and can I say will, heal you. He wants to. If he delivered me, he can deliver you. If he did it for me, if he did it for anybody else in the room, he can do it for you. See, this really hit me, is that our story challenges people's perception of what's possible. Your story will open up a whole new realm of possibility for somebody else. Why? Because when you share your testimony, you're doing a victory lap that points to Jesus, the one who makes all things possible. So the first thing that faith helps us with, or excuse me, the first thing that a testimony helps us with is faith. The second thing is this, truth. Say truth. truth. Say truth. truth. I really want you to get this point. Let's go back to verse 10. I haven't kept to myself that what you did for me was right. I have spoken about your faithful, how faithful you were when you saved me. I haven't hidden your love and truth from the whole community. Help me, Lord. I really want this to come across clear. See, a key ingredient in an effective testimony is that it reveals God's truth. See, many testimonies that I've heard, and I've been guilty of this too, but they're 98% lies and 2% truth. We spend 58 minutes giving every dirty, grimy detail about the crazy stuff that we did. How, How many drugs we did, how much alcohol we drank, um, all, all of the people that we met in jail, how many tattoos our cellmate had, and then we wrap it up with two minutes. It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, Jesus, he's, he's kind of helping me. <laughs> and when I hear a story like that, I, I sit back and wonder, how much is this person letting God work in their life? And more specifically, how much truth is this individual allowing God to write on their heart? See, the biblical definition of truth, like when Jesus, I mean, he made some pretty big statements when it comes to truth. I mean, he said, I am truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. 
You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. When he made those statements in the original language, the word truth, it it literally means God's intended reality. And I want to challenge some of you this morning that there's a big difference between the reality that you're experiencing and the reality that God has for you. See, some of you may be sitting out there and you're just saying, well, Chris, I have these desires, I have these affections, these attractions. That's, that's my truth. That's my reality. It might be your reality, but it's not the intended reality that God has for you. You may be sitting out there and you might be in a situation that I was in and you just say, Chris, I'm, I'm just completely bound to different addictions. And you know how they say, once an addict, always an addict. That's, that's my truth. That's my reality. Let me tell you, that's not the reality that God has for you. And some of you, and I, I present this one with compassion, some of you have gotten reports from the doctor that you got a terminal illness and you only have so much time to live. Chris, that's, that's my truth. That's my reality. May I present to you this morning that that might not be his intended reality for you. See, I guess a simpler way for me to describe what truth is. Truth, it's the script that God has written for your life. See, all of us, before we, our stories truly intersect with God's story, all of us, we're writing our own script. And some of you are sitting out there and you're, you're thinking to yourself, or you might say to me, like, like Chris, I'm, I'm writing my own script and it's, it's a pretty good story. You know what? I get it. I totally know where you're coming from. Especially when you compare your script to somebody else's script that's, that's living a crazy life. But let me challenge you this morning to stop laying your script down to other people's script. And lay your script down next to the intended script that God has for your life. Because when, when you do that, <laughs> when you really lay your script down, the script that you're writing, when you lay that down to the intended script that God has for you, you'll really begin to see for the first time that your script is full of problems, but his script is full of solutions. Your script is full of questions, but his script is full of answers. Your script is full of confusion, but his script is full of clarity. Your script lacks true meaning, but his script has divine, eternal purpose for your life. Your script is full of villains, but his script will turn those villains into heroes. Your script ends in a horrible, great defeat, but his script ends in a glorious, amazing victory for your life. And it's not just the ultimate victory, which is amazing that we get to spend eternity with him, but your script is full of victory after victory after victory on your way there. See, that's the truth. When the Bible says truth, that's what it's talking about. We are sharing truth when we share how God is rewriting the script. 
We're not sharing truth when we're sharing all the crazy details about our own script. We're sharing the truth when we share how God is rewriting the script. Not just outwardly, but he writes it inwardly on our hearts. See, the truth, it's, it's the sentences and paragraphs. It's in the details of your script. See, for me, I, I, I have a great headline testimony. I was bound by drugs, but now I'm set free. And it's just like, wow, it has that wow factor. But see, that, that's, that's just the, the mountaintop moment. That's just the victory scene. That's the part of the testimony that will ignite faith and hope in somebody else. But when you start to read the sentences in the paragraph, paragraphs of my story, you will see the valleys that, and the pits that God had to climb into to pull me out of. You will begin to see the, the, the things that were underneath my drug addiction. See, the drug addiction, that was just the, the fatal blow that the enemy was trying to use to take me out. But before he did that, he, he shot me with one of those bullets that uh, fly apart and they, they shoot a bunch of different pellets all throughout your body. And, and for me, I, I was a wreck. I had them all over. Insecurity, poor self-esteem, unworthiness. Lack of purpose, hopelessness, hatred of myself and other people. But the passage of Scripture that talks about how the Word of God, it's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it divides between joints and marrow and soul and spirit. The original interpretation of that it it means that that god's word it it channels through the depths of us and it finds the intended mark and uh accomplishes the intended desire that it has for you in your life so all of those pellets that i had all throughout my body insecurity and poor self-esteem god began to show me through his word through the bible and through experiences with him that I could be confident in him. He would channel through the depths of me and find that insecurity and that poor self-esteem. And he would tell me that because you believe in my son Jesus, I've given you the right or the confidence to be a child of God. He would find that hatred within me and he would use his word to channel in the depths of me and say that you don't have to hate yourself because I've loved you with an everlasting love. You don't have to be filled with anxiety. Let me channel in and find those places deep within you and let you know that you don't have to be anxious for anything, but I'll give you a peace that surpasses understanding. His word channels through the depths of us. And one of the things that I learned that really was life-changing for me is that the word repentance literally means new knowledge. And that's what God does with his word. When scriptures jump off the page and when he brings those passages of scriptures to life during times of worship and times of prayer, he's, he's giving us new knowledge. So he was replacing my old knowledge of anxiety with his new knowledge of peace. He was replacing my old knowledge of hatred with his new knowledge of love. And I share all of that because I want to encourage those of you who feel like you don't have the, the catchy headline in your story. 
You don't have the, the wow factor, the spectacular sins. But I want to encourage you that in the details of your script, it's full of transformation and growth. If you're truly walking with Jesus, it is. And even if your story currently isn't full of transformation and growth, it can be. It truly can be. Now please hear my heart on this, because in all actuality, all of our lives are a unique interpretation of Scripture and God's Word. It doesn't contradict, contradict this, it expresses this. God writes it on our hearts and he breathes upon it with his spirit and brings it to life. And let me tell you, that's a lot easier for somebody to connect with than just giving them a scripture. If I went to my buddies that I mentioned earlier, Joe and Jesse, and said, well, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They would look at me like, what? Are you smoking something else again, Chris? But if I go to them and tell them about the experience that I had and say, listen, I know this might sound crazy, but Jesus really did die on the cross for, for me and for you. And because of that, he took that desire of drug addiction and nailed it to the cross with him to render it ineffective and useless in my life. Because of what he has done, this desire is no longer on the inside of me. See, it's hard to argue with an experience, and it's much easier to connect with as well. For when we share our testimony, we're doing a victory lap for Jesus, the one who makes all these things possible. And then my last point this morning, the last thing that I want to share with you that a testimony will increase and add momentum to is glory. Verse 16. But let all those who look to you be joyful and glad because of what you've done. Let those who love you because you saved them always say, may the Lord be honored. Or may the Lord be glorified. See, when an Olympic athlete, when they receive a gold medal, it, the phrase that's often used is that they, they've, they've achieved Olympic glory. They've reached the pinnacle. They've reached a place of, that's worthy of fame and, and success and respect and honor. And it got me thinking when they, when those individuals do, do their victory lap. And, and they take the flag of their country and they run around the track. It's, I can't help but think that within themselves, they, they feel like that they're, they're letting the world in on, on some secrets. Not only about themselves, but about the country that they represent. That they're letting the world in on some things about the, the history of their country that many people might not know. That they're letting the world in on some hopes and dreams for a bright future for their country. That they're letting others in on, on the secret of those who helped them get there and achieve this victory. 
And when we share our stories with other people, when we do a victory lap for Jesus, we're letting them in on a secret as well. And the secret is this. We find it in Colossians 1.27. When we share our stories with other people, this is the secret that, that we're unveiling to them. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. So when we're sharing our stories with other people, and we're raising the banner or the flag of Jesus when we do that, and we're doing our victory lap, we're, we're letting them know that, that we're representing a country, so to speak. We're representing the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom, there's a king named Jesus. And that king reached the highest pinnacle that anybody could reach. As we raise his flag and his banner, we're letting people know that he, he achieved the greatest feat in human history. And as we raise that flag and raise that banner, and we're opening up the trophy case of our heart, and we're sharing how he helped us attain a little personal victory, we're declaring that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is giving us assurance that we will share in his glory, his achievement, and his victory. We are letting them know that the king of the universe is giving us access to the trophy case of heaven. That we can experience eternal life with him. And the benefits and effects of that have already begun because of that personal victory that you're sharing with the people that you're talking to. And as we're doing that, we're glorifying God. But not only that, we're letting them know that God has allowed us to share in that glory and he wants to invite them into a relationship with himself so that they can experience that glory as well so as i close this morning my challenge to you is it's twofold the first one is this There's a scripture in Corinthians. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. My first challenge to you this morning is to run to win. We're in the middle of this great campaign, Love Thy Neighbor. Let me encourage you that one of the greatest gifts that you can give to the neighbors around you is investment into your own story. One of the greatest gifts that you could give them is to add a trophy to the trophy case of your heart. Add a story that you could tell them. Add a story that they can relate to. Add a story that they could connect with. Add a story that will ignite faith in them. 
at a story that will help them understand God's truth, the script that God has written for their life. Our name is Victory Christian Center. So let's be people that run to win. My second challenge to you is simply this, is to share your story. All of us have a story. And our story, it's constantly unfolding. So I want to challenge you to share your story. We say, how can I do that, Chris? You'll see it up on the screen. We just created this this, uh, page on our website this week. And actually, I want to... I don't have my phone on me. I wish I did, but pull your phones out right now. And I want you to type, type this URL in right here, vccoitsville.com slash story. So you have it pulled up on your phone. And our hope and our expectation is that we're going to get flooded with stories and testimonies this coming week. You might be asking, what are we going to do with those stories? Well, first and foremost, we just want to celebrate with you. But secondly, we want to collect these stories and have them to use them at different events, online, on social media. And of course, we will not make your story public without checking with you first. But we want to collect these stories because each and every one of your stories is like doing a victory lap for Jesus. So it it just makes me wonder the atmosphere of faith in our church and even the impact that we are having in the community, how much more it will increase if all of us begin doing victory laps for Jesus more. If you could please stand. And as you're standing, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. And these men and women are, who are coming, these are members of our prayer team. Uh, they're, they're not only good looking, but they're, they're trained to pray with you. And I want to encourage you after I, I bless you and dismiss you, if you need prayer for any reason at all, you don't have to be a, a bad person to receive prayer. I need prayer as much as anybody. I want to encourage you that, that these altars will be open and these men and women who are up here, they'll, they'll stand with you, they'll believe with you, and they'll, they'll really go after it to help you see some breakthrough in, in areas that you need breakthrough in. But before you come, I, I want to bless you this morning as one of your pastors. So if you could do me a fa- favor, either put a hand over your heart or extend your hands. And I would be honored to bless you this morning. In the name of our Savior and King, Jesus Christ. And as one of your pastors this morning, I bless you. I bless you that you would walk into a season where God enlarges your heart and expands the trophy case of your heart. And you begin to experience victories in areas where you've only known defeat for a long time. 
I bless you that you would be so encouraged and infused with faith because of what God is going to accomplish on your behalf. And I bless you with the grace and the wisdom to share those stories and those testimonies with other people. And I bless you to walk as men and women of victory in your everyday life that you would begin to experience every victory that Jesus has for you. And I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Amen. We love you so much. These altars are open if you need prayer. Have an amazing week.